Well, welcome, everybody. Hi, Brian. Hey, Noah. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for being here. Um, we normally don't have a table and chairs. and I'm not normally sitting. Normally wearing a jacket. No. Thank you look you, nice. Thank you. Thank you. He's starting to look like Adriel. You know, he's going to get you in a bow tie soon. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Brian's uh, health update, and then uh, just for those of you that are new, um, I wonder, I feel like I can't see you guys over here. Um, we're gonna, what we normally do at our sermons, we have a little introduction, and then we're going to break you back into your groups to have some more discussion time, and then we'll uh, come back and kind of do the full chunk of the, of the sermon, so to speak. Uh, but for our intro, Brian uh, is going to share his health updates. Some of you know Brian's health uh, situation very well, and some of you have never heard it before. Uh, so, Brian, I'm going to just let you take it away. Thanks, Noah. Yeah. This is so, uh, I'm appreciative of the time, and uh, I'm going to put that closer to my mouth. A little, little bit closer. So actually hear it. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really sensitive to the fact that there's probably three different settings and three different type of individuals in the room. Like there's some people who know my story very, very well uh, by this point. Some have birthed me, for example, who are in the room. Um, and there's some people who don't know who I am at all. And there's, there's some people who are in between. So trying to um, get everything down to kind of a, a version of where we are today and what Noah and I kind of want to work through and share today. So anyway, my name's Brian Lane. Uh, I uh, am a physician, I'm a cancer doctor, uh, and I'm also now a cancer patient. And so I, I figured that the quick uh, version, because I think we got a lot to do, is in July of 2018, I was just minding my own business, going to work out, and I felt a lump in my leg. Um, and it turned out very rapidly, I figured out that was cancer. Um, I am very well connected in the medical computers were coming quick, um, but that doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, I uh, got my diagnosis, diagnosed with a second type of cancer, had uh, radiation, had one surgery, had another surgery, uh, was given good news. This was in 2018 that I was cancer-free. Uh, and then fast forward about two and a half years, and I'm uh, driving up with some friends to go skiing, uh, who also happen to be in the room, uh, and family who happens to be in the room, and got a phone call from my doctor that my cancer had come back. Uh, so that was January of 2021. I was quite surprised. He was quite surprised. Uh, and that's really where everything kind of turned. Um, so I got some pretty heavy news uh, at that point. Went on some uh, very strong chemo from uh, January to April of 21. That's now a year and a half ago. Um, and um, it's been a road. It's been a road since then. Uh, so cancer treatment's not very easy. Um, I did that. Then I went on a clinical trial, which again, I, we only have so many minutes to talk through, but a, an experimental treatment, and that was even harder on my body. That was back in the fall. Um, uh, but both of those treatments were working. So the chemo shrunk it the first time, the clinical trial shrunk it a second time, uh, and then I was off treatment the last several months. Um, uh, two months ago in April, uh, I found out the cancer was growing again, so I went on to yet a third treatment. Uh, and so I've been on that treatment since. Um, and uh, to get us up to the fast part, this was a crazy week. Um, Noah and I didn't know whether we were doing this this week or in a few weeks, because I was supposed to have chemo two days ago. Actually, I was supposed to have surgery two days ago. Um, but it's really amazing how um, situations change. Um, and again, I don't consider myself special in this. I think this is basically 
our lives, right? And so Monday I get scans, Tuesday I get results, my doctor's sick and stays home, Wednesday I find out my surgery's canceled, uh, Wednesday I find out I tore a ligament in my thumb, I meet that surgeon, I have a new surgery scheduled for Tuesday, my surgery for Friday is canceled, my chemotherapy, I show up on Friday, and they say, no, your blood counts are too low, so that gets canceled. Um, it's just, it's, this is just this week. Um, and so again, I, I don't share it to say, um, look at me, I just share it to, here we are. Uh, my health update for the week is, I thought I was in this direction, I'm totally in a different direction. Um, and we can get into to more about that. Yeah, How's that for some that's good. Um, just leading into our discussion questions, um, can you, because these will be in the questions, can you share a little bit about, you know, when, and, um, when you first, well, I don't know about first, because it sounds like you were told about the cancer and went away, and then it came back. So I don't, I don't know when, but kind of the, um, what was the worst news that you heard, you know, from the doctor initially? Sure. Sure, so um, I'm a numbers person. Um, so when I first had my cancers, it was like, gee, this one's like a 90% chance it'll never come back, my kidney cancer. And then my sarcoma was like, oh, this is probably a 70% chance it'll never come back. So I'm like, great, I'm good. Um, and then come January of 2021, when it comes back, they're like, this is really bad. Um, and it's likely that you only have a few years to live. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm young and healthy. And like, what are you talking about? And we have all these treatments. And they're like, yeah. So we do have all these treatments, but um, we think it's likely it's only going to be a couple years for you. Um, so that's tough news. So that's, that's yeah. how's that? Is that the good lead-in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we have uh, up on the screen some discussion questions. And we decided, we weren't sure if we would skip these for this week. We decided to stick with it um, because we, we want you and your group to be able to what I want, many things that we want out of today, we want to see God work in many different ways, but something inspiring about Brian's story for me is knowing Brian, often you hear stories that people go through um, with cancer and trials, and you, it's easy when it's somebody else, and when it's someone you know, and you realize that this could be me, this could be you, and Brian has to work through things um, spiritually, he has to work through things on a, a day-to-day basis that you might not think you have to work through. Um, and we're gonna, we want you to start thinking and talking and kind of putting yourself in Brian's shoes, and he's going to share more of his story. So we want to give you some time. We're going to give you five minutes. It'll go by fast because the groups are really big today, which is great. Um, but just to start thinking about um, what if this was you? What if this was you? So our first question is, how flexible are you when plans change? What strategies do you use that help? Brian's been dealing with changing plans nonstop for the last couple of years, including this week. And then if you were told that you may only have a few years to live, what would you do with your time? And so we'll put a five-minute timer up on the screen. Uh, go ahead and people on the end, you can move your chairs in again and talk about these questions and then we'll be back.
Stretch out your hands. Stretch out your hands. Stretch them out. those of you who are going through this thing called life, here's some encouragement and reminder that the word of God says, no good thing 
will he withhold to those who walk upright. All right. I know we did not give you enough time uh, to have a, a full discussion. Uh, and, and some of that is we want you to keep coming back, keep getting to know each other, keep building relationships. Um, but, but really the purpose of that five minutes is to get you really thinking about this, getting you thinking about this story, it being your story. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, we, as humans, I mean, we're all in the same boat. We all, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about that. So Brian, why don't we start out with, um, you know, there's, we, I mentioned on social media, Brian was going to be speaking, and, and um, I don't remember all the, um, the things I said on the title slide. We can go uh, death, hope, unanswered prayer, eternity, and living day to day. So there's a lot there we're going we're gonna to try to touch on. Uh, some of these things aren't things we like to talk about a lot. I think as Americans, we are conditioned to not think about death, and if you do talk or think about it, you might be seen as morbid or negative, or why are you thinking and talking about that? Uh, when you get a doctor telling you, you may only have a few years to live, uh, it, it changes the reality of death. And so, um, Brian, I, I start, could you share what that process has been like for you, um, the reality of death in relation to the gospel? So I think I spoke at the beginning about like the three groups of people who I'm trying to think through and, and talk to. And then there's the three um, positions that I feel like I inhabit for this conversation. So like one, I just want to be, I want like we're all fellow sojourners. Like yeah. I'm no different than anybody else. And it really hit me like uh, a big slap in the face. Like I think I'm going to live till I'm 80. We all think we're going to live till we're 80 or 90 or something. Like none of us are expecting uh, that this might be our last day or our last year. Um, so that's not something we like to think about, or I can say I certainly don't like to think about it, and I would venture to say none of us do. Um, the second thing that I bring to it is, you know, I'm, I'm this cancer doctor, and it's like I deal all the time with other people uh, and telling them about their situation, but even yet and so, it didn't really help me figure out what is my thought process like when I'm told, oh yeah, you're probably gonna live three years. Oh great, thanks, thanks for sharing. Um, you know, what do I do with that? Um, and then the third is being that cancer doctor who's now the cancer patient. So Noah was kind of saying, imagine this is you. I, I don't want this to be any of you. I don't want it to be anybody. Um, struggle, without question, and we're all gonna die. I mean, I think mm -hmm. there are what, two people who didn't die in the world? So I think there's a very likely chance that every single person in this room, and so, I don't know. It's been interesting. I had a lot of conversations with people that I don't know that I'm going to die before anybody else, right? I mean, we have no clue um, how long any of us are going to live. Uh, and so it would be pretty um, naive to think, um, oh, that guy's got a really bad situation, but I'm just perfectly fine. Um, or for me to think, gee, I should just be down in the dumps. This might be a different part in our thing. But it's like I really got to the point where it's like you can either choose to live to live you know, each day you can either spend living or you can spend each day dying. And I just don't choose to spend each day dying. I think that's kind of stupid. Um, I wake up, I'd be all depressed. And then I'd say, oh, woe is me. Can you come pray for me? I feel terrible. And then I'd go to sleep and I'd wake up the next time. And um, yeah, there's a time for that. And that happens. Uh, um, 
but yeah, I'd rather spend my days living. Mm. Yep. There's a, a scripture that we wanted to share, and you've, you've heard it uh, most likely. It's probably the most famous Bible verse there is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And uh, I don't know, to me, there's, there's something, again, we, we need to remember that there's eternal life. We need to remember that Jesus has made a way for those of you here that, that have been invited here, we want you to know that this is the hope that we have in Jesus. Why do we sing these songs that we sing? It's because we have this hope in Jesus. There's those watching online now or in the future, and, and you, know, you, you might know Brian, and, and he's invited you here. We wanna make sure you know Jesus. That's, that's our ultimate hope. That's, that's why we exist as a church. Uh, we want all of us, when we die, to spend eternal life with Jesus in heaven forever together. And uh, it is a supernatural reality. I think often in the world, we get so stuck on the natural because the natural is all around us. But to me, death is the one thing. Whenever I'm at all, I go, oh, this is that one thing that feels very supernatural, doesn't it? When you see somebody, you know, that you're mourning and you go, that's not you, like that's your body, but you, the person, uh, I can't put words to it, right? There, there's, it, the person is different than this natural body and there's an eternity and, and Jesus came to make a way for us to spend eternity with him. And, and that's why Brian and I can talk about this up here uh, together because there is a finality to death, but there's also an invitation um, into eternity, eternal life with Jesus uh, forever. And, and there's great hope in that. So we're going to leave this scripture up on the screen. It is an invitation for you. Um, I don't want to belabor the point, but if you have not received Jesus into your life to save you, uh, we would love to pray with you today. There's going to be a prayer invitation at the end of this. You can come pray with us. You have connection cards on that table in front of you. You can fill one out, and we would love to talk to you more and pray with you about that. Uh, but I want to transition and say, you know, so we would call that the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus. Brian, how would you, uh, what's the gospel mean to you now versus, you know, five years ago before you had this diagnosis? Yeah, I, I was really touched today, even in hearing like the, that, that song we sang about, it's in the waiting. And I felt like when I think about this verse and when I think about like salvation and all that stuff, I think I was like, okay, well now I'm living uh, and then I'm either uh, gonna go to hell or I'm gonna go to heaven. And so eternal life, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go to heaven. But I really um, feel like I'm in the waiting. Like that's not very satisfying to me right now because then it's kind of like, well, what am I doing here today? Like, okay, that'll be heaven there, but what about today? So I really feel more um, uh, inspired or it speaks more to me. Uh, the other verse we have is John 10, 10, where um, Jesus is really saying, uh, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full or have life more abundantly. And abundant life is not just then, but it's now. And so, again, it goes back to we each have that choice to make that we can be um, filled with the Spirit. We can be trusting in Jesus. We can do these things now, and it should have an impact on how we live today. Mm -hmm. So that's been much more 
compelling to me to understand, okay, I'm not going to be here one day. None of you all are going to be here one day. Um, but if that's just our focus, that's not getting us anywhere. Like, okay, we're here now. So what do we do today? And how do we have a full life today? And so that's been very motivating for me. Um, yeah, through this last year and a half, for sure. Um, Brian, what's your perspective? We put unanswered prayer in the title up on the screen earlier. Um, what's your perspective on prayer and on God's ability to heal? It's an interesting transition as I think it through today. So, uh, so here, let's lay it out this way. So clearly, I would like to be cured of my cancer. Uh, and I'm very appreciative of all the people who continue to pray for me and have prayed for me, and I think that that's really been key. I don't know that I would be sitting where I am today a year and a half if it weren't for all that prayer. Um, the, the obvious questions that start to come along, and I think this is where I can, where my doctor hat or my doctor as patient hat or my doctor sitting up here at a church hat, which is why, why, right? And if we're gonna pray, and we're going to pray for someone, and then whether it's me or someone else, they're going to keep getting sicker, and one day they're going to die. I don't think it would be fair to use that as evidence that God's not at work or God didn't know that was going to happen. God clearly knows, and it's a part of God's plan. We're all going to die one day. So it's, it's kind of a weird space to be in where you're praying and you're wanting the good news, but there's going to be bad news. It's going to happen. And how is God still real in that? Um, I, so there's a very good sermon I heard um, five years ago, Jim Sammer at Calvary Church on, um, on sickness. And is sickness primarily a physical thing or is it a spiritual thing? And we've got some verses that, you know, for those of you, we won't have enough time to go through all this, but want to look at it later. Um, there's this spectrum where it goes from something that the Bible says is clearly just a physical thing um, and, and has nothing to do with spiritual matters, has nothing to do with sin. There's a man born blind, and Jesus is very clear. This did not happen because the man sinned or his parents sinned. He wipes the mud, wipes on the guy's eyes, and he can see. So this is a physical issue. And then on, yeah, the, on the other end of the spectrum, in 1 Corinthians 11, there are some folks who are not respecting the communion and are taking communion, and God's really clear, like, this is sinful. You are now going to be sick. Like, it has nothing to do with anything other than you did something sinful, and now you're going to be sick. And probably everything on this is somewhere on the spectrum. And I, it, for me, that means um, we need to consider what's physical and we need to consider the spiritual. So we should follow doctor's advice and we should also pray because you never know whether what you're going through is mostly a physical thing or if there's some spiritual component. I think the other thing that wasn't touched uh, on that spectrum, but I think is also really important is there's this concept of, did I cause this to myself? Like, why me, God? Um, and I think there's, um, there's a spectrum for that too. So like, um, you know, there are disease processes that you let on yourself to a certain extent. Um, so if you have a smoking-related cancer and you get cancer, there's something you did that contributed to that. But there's a lot of other smokers who don't get cancer, right? And then there's other diagnoses we get that have nothing to do with choices we've made. So um, 
that's something I've struggled with and I think something that's natural to struggle with. But I, I feel like those spectrum are helpful as we think through things to think, I'm not just going to pray and ignore the doctors. I'm not just going to follow what the doctors say um, and think there's not a spiritual component. I think it's all kind of together. Yeah, it's good. Um, a couple of those verses, just quick. Um, back in the first century, the Jewish belief was if you had a, a sickness, particularly something in this case, this man is born blind, it was definitely believed that you sinned and, or your parents sinned. And there was a lot of shame around that. And there's a couple spots where Jesus clears that up right away. Um, he says, neither this man or his parents sinned, uh, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And I think there's a lot we could unpack there, right, Brian? About Ooh, can I? Yeah, can go I do, ahead. Yeah, can yeah. I do one more thing? Because I've been praying, and when I've been asking people to pray for us this week, this is the verse that I've done. Uh, I've asked for is that the works of God might be displayed. Like this is the stuff that we don't get, right? It's like he didn't want to be blind. I didn't want to have cancer, but in some way that God would be glorified. Yeah. In some way that God would be displayed through this. Um, so I, just, I think it's a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I, I just love how Jesus, you know, how he does that. And that whole chapter is fascinating. I recommend, highly recommend John 9. Uh, there's another spot, um, people asking the same question to Jesus. What sin did these people commit? And uh, there was 18 people that had died when a tower fell. And he says, do you think they were more guilty uh, than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. And this is kind of that side of Jesus we're not as comfortable with anymore. Because um, Jesus is very loving and gracious, but he also is clear that there's kind of like what we're saying, that death is coming. And this is kind of a, <laughs> you know, we talked about the pendulum last week, if you guys were here, but this is a repent. This is a, you two are going to perish uh, if you don't repent. Repentance means turning from your sin 180 degrees. It's saying, I'm not going to follow myself anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus. So when we receive that salvation, that's what he's talking about. And Brian has mentioned that a couple of times. He's like, we're all, we're all going to die. We just, most of us don't have a doctor that says it might be at this time. Uh, you know, we, we, and, and, and we don't want to, we're, it's not a turn or burn sort of message. It's not a, you know, I, I grew up being told you could, you could leave here and get hit by a truck, you know, and kind of thing. I mean, we're, we're, we're not trying to, it's, it's not this ticket to heaven salvation. Does that make sense? This is a relationship with Jesus that he's offering to us, but it's important that we don't go so far on the pendulum that we never face this reality that Jesus, he, he says, those people didn't do anything extra wrong to deserve this, this tower falling on them. But we live in a very fallen world. And so in a, we live in a world full of sin and in a world full of sin, uh, death is one of the consequences of sin back in the book of Genesis. Death wasn't supposed to be here. It's here now. Cancer wasn't supposed to be here. Blindness wasn't supposed to be here. They're here now. And Jesus has come to rectify those wrongs that had happened because of a fallen world uh, that we live in, but we're in the already, but not yet. We're in that, we're in the waiting and God does all kinds of mysterious and miraculous things, um, you know, in the waiting. So um, we're going to start talking a little bit about the day to day, Brian. And I will say, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to do this with you, and uh, I think I've told you this before, but I want to say it publicly. I am so inspired by your optimism 
through this. Uh, I was with depression, and I, I struggle with, with pessimism, and, and I know you have your struggles, and you're honest about that, and we've met privately, and um, you have encouraged me in so many ways in my trials that pale in comparison to what you're going through, and so I really appreciate that, and I, I see God at work in you in that way. Um, amen. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we, we made a little, a little list here together uh, talking about chronic pain. There's some that deal with that physically. Um, in your case, you've talked about primarily the emotional pain, uh, the distress that you deal with. Um, and then w- where does the optimism come from? And I don't know if you want to do this scripture now or wait. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you lead it. Yeah, I got it. Do we have our scripture So it's a, it's, a, it's a longer scripture. I went with the whole thing because it's just kind of this picture that Jesus paints. Um, Jesus says in Matthew 6, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Yeah, where to even begin on this one? So I'd say uh, one thing like I learned a lot through this whole process is I cannot get ahead of myself. Like there is nothing helpful to me about getting ahead of myself. Um, each day for me really has enough trouble of its own. And I've been living that for a couple years now. And um, I, one of the things that was interesting this week I had heard too was um, it tends to be those future things that might happen that trip me up the most. And I don't know if this is true for everyone, um, but certainly for me, it's something could happen and then I can't see how I'm going to get out of that thing that might happen. And then I don't even let my brain work on it. I just like end right there. Um, when I have something that I'm actually dealing with, then I'll actually, my brain has to go through it and be like, well, what am I going to do? This is actually happening. Um, I found that when I'm worried about the things that may come in the future, that's where I really get tripped up the most. So I think this, this verse helps a lot for that. Um, but it's been a challenge. I think all of us need to decide, like, are you planning, we might be jumping ahead a little bit, are you planning five years down the road, 30 years down the road? Are you planning today? Are you planning a year? I mean, I, I think it's obviously short-sighted um, to only think about today and not think about the future. Um, and God's pretty clear um, about that. And the, you know, our, our brains tell us, yeah, don't just think one day at a time. But I do think there is a large component um, that today is just what you need to focus on. If you get past today, um, it could just shut you down. Um, and that, that's not going to, it has not been for my own good. So um, I think the other thing I'll say in that is I've taken a lot more um, 
victory from it today um, than I've done in the past. Um, I think I'm the type of person who's very outcomes motivated, very project oriented. I want to see success from things. Um, and if those things take a week, if it takes a month, if it takes a year, but I can tick them off. And on any day, I often don't see those projects change. Um, so I used to not, uh, not take satisfaction in my single day because things were left undone. Um, now I think I spent a lot more time um, focusing on the wins of today. Um, and um, oh, one little trick that I have that actually has been really neat the last three months. I was in a doctor's office and an MA brought me in and like her watch beeped or something. And she told me what it said on the screen. And I was like, oh. Uh, so she introduced me to this app called, uh, I think it's called IM. And um, basically it just bleeps me in the middle of nowhere and says, you know, I am worth something or I am the one today. Oh, what, you want to tell me what I have today? No, might need you on the mic, Abigail. There you go. I choose to release hurt and resentment. So it's really awesome when your phone tells you what you're choosing to do, <laughs> um, whether you really want to choose to do it or not. Um, but even just speaking those words, I think is just really, uh, has been really powerful for me. So that, that's been, um, yeah, I'm not... Uh, originally the most positive person in the world. And so the fact that I'm here um, and people think I'm a really positive person, I think is a testament to God and what I've had to go through. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll put one, another scripture on the screen. This will be our last one, um, our last scripture. This is in Luke 12, 16 to 21. Uh, Jesus tells this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Uh, then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be. Uh, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Um, Brian, you brought this passage up when we were talking about legacy. We were talking about values. Um, I, I, I tie this in with kingdom values. But just talk about this has changed you when it comes to. Let's let you take it away from here. I think. Uh... I want to have some balance in our talk <laughs> as I look at this slide today, um, which is at the end, whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. So I don't think this is a verse that says, don't plan ahead uh, and don't be prepared for the future. Um, you know, measure twice, cut once, all that kind of good stuff, still uh, notwithstanding. Hit home for me is I was all about bigger barns. I mean, that's life. I mean, when you're in your 20s, like greatest ever. And then in your 30s, you're like, well, this is kind of where my expertise is and I'm going to be the best at whatever it is I'm choosing to do. Uh, and I guess naturally in our 40s and 50s, maybe that slows down some. Um, but yeah, when you get slapped with a diagnosis that you're probably not going to be here in five years, you really start wondering why I would have a five-year plan. Um, you should really have a three-year plan or you should have a one-year plan um, or a one-month plan. And so it really flipped things. I can give one um, 
anecdote, and I'm appreciative, um, you know, some of my work colleagues are here as well. So I go to my national meeting, and it was a very big deal for me, uh, and has been a big deal to be a nationally known uh, urologist. And I'm expert in my field in kidney cancer. It's crazy that I actually also was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Um, but it, it's a value to me that my thoughts are well-respected, value to me that the field is interested in what I have to say and that I can contribute to the field. Um, in past years, I've always wanted to work with others. And I'd be like, hey, this is my idea. What's your idea? Let's do this together. Um, this year when I went, it was all about legacy. And it was all about trying to talk to others and show them how I ask questions or show them my thought process and try to inspire them to do it themselves. Um, and so it was a really big, again, to me, that's what this verse is about. In a legacy switch, it's, it's, it's not thinking about what I'm gonna do for you or what I'm gonna do with you. It's what I'm gonna empower you to be able to do for yourself. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's been another. So that's, that's my legacy um, thoughts of the year are really to just each day, if I can build into others and build, set them up, um, then, I, then I'm, that's a win. Yeah, that's huge. And I, I'm, again, back to trained and taught to be as Americans is that idea of, of bigger barns. And I, I think you, you hear from a lot of people who have achieved the biggest barns out there, and they kind of go, this is it? <laughs> you know, they, there's an emptiness there, right? You could have the biggest barns in the world, so to speak, metaphorically speaking, and there's an emptiness to like, okay, now what, you know? And so uh, just I think the more that all of us can put that into perspective and, and um, live for the things that matter, uh, living for, you know, Jesus' kingdom values, which is about the people around us, uh, the place that God has put each of us in our lives. Like, who, 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 who are the friends and the families and the neighbors that God has put around you? And, and you know, it's, it's not just about, hey, when you're gone, what are they going to think about you? It's about right now, the, the impact, you know, that you're having. And uh, that's huge. I think we all want that. I think that's a part of the purpose that God's created each of us to have, and that's part of his invitation, right? His invitation to his kingdom is to be a participant with him in changing the world, and I love that. I love that call. Um, so that's that's uh, that's so so helpful, um, Brian. We're going to wrap up uh, just with um, some closing thoughts, and so um, I want to. I'm going to just kind of give. After, I'm going to let you share, then I'm going to give some instructions for. We're gonna do a prayer invitation, allow some people if they wanna pray um, with someone or just have some time. We're gonna take communion as well together. Um, but I wanna kick it over to you. Uh, this is unscripted, um, but just uh, closing thoughts that you, that you might have. I wanted someone to ask a question. I don't have the closing <laughs> thoughts. What are my closing <laughs> thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I feel, I feel I've shared what I was going to share. Do I have something else to say? Anyone have a question? Oh, Jen has one. Yes. How has your own cancer diagnosis changed how you interact with your patients when you're telling them they have cancer? Let me repeat that for the video. How has your own cancer diagnosis impacted how you interact with your patients 
uh, who, who, you know, you have to tell them that they so have cancer? It's a, it's a great question, and it's, uh, I've had two answers, and I've actually stood on professional platforms to try to make this point. Um, it's really interesting that often the, uh, the greatest worry, like the worry is between the, the, the first mention and the facts being given. So in that space between, oh my God, I'm dying of cancer, and then the doctor telling you a week later, a month later, or 10 minutes later, like, no, that lump on your body is not cancer at all. Like, the brain just runs there. And so two things. One is I'm a big fan now of scheduling selectivity. I used to think, and again, this doctor talk, whatever, but um, I used to think if you had stage four cancer, I needed to get you in quick. And if you had a benign little bump and you thought you were worried about it, but you're not really, you don't really have a problem, we can schedule them in four weeks. So I've transformed our office and be like, no, all those easy visits that I get to walk in and say, you thought you had cancer, but you don't. Isn't this great? This is the best. And they all leave smiling and they think I'm the best doctor ever and I did nothing. Those are the appointments that need to happen quick because otherwise that person's going to be stressed out about it for like a whole month. Whereas the stage four cancer, if they get seen in one day or seven days, it probably doesn't much matter. So it's both the scheduling selectivity and then it's, um, maybe I didn't just, I didn't do a good job of saying it, but let me say it differently. Being sensitive to that situation. And so even in what I just said, might've been like, you know, why are you so dumb? Why do you think you have cancer? It's not cancer. Like that's not helpful to be, I understand. And now I understand this really well as a patient. I understand, like this week, I have my scans on Monday and I'm not gonna get my results till Wednesday. That's awful, it was absolutely awful. And it used to be like a week. Um, and just waiting, is the cancer better, is the cancer worse? It's just, it's so hard. And so I have a lot of sympathy um, for things that as a doctor, I wasn't really thinking so much that now I think of a lot as a patient. Mm, that's yeah. good.